Welcome to Multifamily AP 360, the show where we discuss 360-degree views on mindset, passive, and active multifamily investment. If you're looking for tips and strategies, or just want to learn from the experiences of others, both good and bad, then listen on. This is Multifamily AP 360 with your host, Ramakrishna Chunchu. Today's our guest is Madhavi Jain from Think Outside the Stocks. Welcome, Madhavi. Thank you so much, Rama, for inviting me. I'm really, really excited to be on your show. Awesome. Thank you. Little bit about Madhavi. Madhavi is the president and wealth strategist at Think Outside the Stocks. She helps her clients with a twofold approach, efficient savings with infinite banking and risk-managed investing in commercial real estate syndications. She has an active multifamily portfolio of 790 units, 170 million in value with strategy syndicated partnerships. So with that, Madhavi, you want to add anything to your background? Absolutely. So I come from an actually uh, tech background, IT background. I worked in this uh, country about 15 years or so with one of the top five consulting companies. And I had to take a kind of a screeching halt to my corporate career. So it was the financial freedom journey started in the reverse order for me. So I was kind of forced into real estate. That was not my first choice. But when I took that break and I see that, you know, my six-figure income has dropped and I have to build that W-2 income now, I was looking at my daughter and she was in middle school then. And when I looked at her, I'm like, oh my God, once she's in school, I want her to choose based on where she wants to go, not based on what we can offer, right, financially. So that was a big thing. So I jumped in real estate head first with single family, Airbnb also, and then gradually made my path in terms of scalability to multifamily. And that's where, you know, thank you for doing that introduction. That's where I found the infinite banking as well as the syndication. And I just looked at it and I was impressed to see that how these two strategies, if implemented in anybody's financial structure, could impact, you know, this is that 20% strategy could make that 80% impact if they are created hand in hand. And that's why I help my investors, my clients to understand that, understand that twofold approach so that with infinite banking, they kind of work on that, making their savings efficient. I say that, you know, that's solving a problem you don't know or don't realize that you have so that their lazy money can work harder for them. And the strategic partnership with syndications and doing that passive investments, especially for busy professionals, right? I mean, you do that and you do an incredible job. And we all know that it's so essential, especially those busy professionals in corporate world, uh, in the tech world, doctors, physicians, how it's important for them to be completely passive and still get all these advantages of high growth, the tax benefits, and just growing that generational wealth. So think outside the stocks. I often say that it's not just about finding an investment, investing passively, but to step back a little bit. And it's about growing, preserving, protecting, and passing your generational wealth. So that's exactly what I look for. Awesome. And thank you for sharing that. So mm-hmm. your twofold approach is infinite banking and risk managed investing in multifamily or some commercial real estate. So let me with some example, like how exactly this infinite banking works. Maybe take one example, like I have 50K in my savings account. How right. exactly I can invest that one? Are you take any of your clients example and share me? how? Ex- sure, absolutely. Great question. So here's the thing, the infinite banking strategy 
first of all, the misconception is that, is it in investing? Am I putting my 50,000 in it and investing? So I want to just step back a little bit and say that it's not an investing, it's your saving strategy. So, you know, Rama, often we have our bank accounts where we put some money in there, which is either our personal reserves in terms of family emergencies, if we lose a job or something, we kind of, you know, I call it a sleep well money. We essentially we know that if, if something happens to me, that three to six months, whatever, everybody's comfort level is different, that money is going to take care of my expenses, my family's expenses, and we'll be covered, right? We do that for businesses also, rental properties or something else that we have business reserves that, okay, something happens to the business. Here is that liquidity. So I'm talking about this liquidity and that's the reason I call this lazy money. So this lazy money for the lack of better institutions, we store it in the banks, in the FDIC insured banks. And we have seen what's happening in FDIC insured bank. And that 250K limit, it seems higher, but, you know, for businesses, sometimes that's not a high limit, right? So we have to think about it in that. So coming back to the personal strategy, whatever amount that you're putting into the banks, now you kind of harness that and you become your own bank. And that's the whole premise behind the infinite banking that you're not dependent on the financial institution, and inside the infinite banking, why should we move that money from the banks inside the system? Because inside you're getting multiple advantages to it. The banks do not give great, we kind of see that it's a fluctuating interest rates. You get tax on that interest rate. So your actual interest rate is much different, right? Within the system, the banking system, you can actually get a really high growth. There is some guarantees been built into it. It grows tax-free, so you can achieve a compounding, and compound interest is the eighth wonder, as Einstein says. This is what we are trying to do in the infinite banking system, that we have uninterrupted compounding, that's the key, uninterrupted compounding of your lazy money, so it becomes a snowball for you. So now going back to your question, answering in terms of numbers, so somebody says, you know, if it is a 30-year, 40-year-old, our intention is that kind of build by building blocks and you can do it that building blocks for seven years, 10 years, uh, you know, we call it 10 pay, seven pay, or you could just do a big punch in 10 years and then you can continue using that for lifetime. But what you can do is like maybe add say 30,000, 40,000 every year. And again, I'm just saying it, this as an example, you can start this system with 10,000 a year, or you could even have hundred thousand a year, whatever you want. It's very flexible. So once you start putting this money in, the system sees that and there's a consistent growth that's going to happen in that, right? It's built on a life insurance product. So there is a life insurance, very structured, very specifically designed, very specific product with mutual companies, which have been existing hundreds of years. When we put that inside this money instead of your banks, they provide you consistent dividend year after year. So that's when your money is snowballing. And now when the money, if you moved it in first year itself, in the first week itself, even if you moved it, there is some certain amount that you can leverage from it. Because remember I said uninterrupted compounding. So that uninterrupted compounding must happen to create that snowball. But meanwhile, you can create a leverage from it. And now you can utilize it for anything that you want. So for example, our investors investing in syndication or rental real estate, they can use that as a leverage 
to put towards down payment, to put towards the passive investments in syndication, etc. Uh, there are multiple uses for it. I hope that explains and that answers your question. Definitely. How exactly that was? Can you elaborate a little bit more about that? So here's an example. We as a savers, we have a tendency of putting this money into our banks, right? So once it goes past that emergency level, and that's exactly the same strategy with infinite banking too, right? If 20,000 is your buffer that makes you comfortable that, okay, that's my sleeper money. So it goes beyond that, say it goes 80,000 or something. And now we see that, okay, 50,000, 60,000, that's that extra money. Now, what can I do with that money? Now you take that money out in your normal you know, banking structure, you take that money out and you put it towards a down payment of a house. So you're purchasing a rental property of say 200K, 25% down, or you know that's 50,000, or putting that 50,000 in a syndication. So now you take the money out, our saving mentalities that take the money out, put it as a down payment or in syndication. But in this system, you're not actually taking the money out because again, uninterrupted compounding, that only happens if that money stays in and that snowballs get created year after year. So now you can take a leverage from somebody else and it's almost like your home equity loan. If you have say 200K equity in your home, you don't have to sell your home for accessing that, right? You create a home equity line of credit or the HELOC, you take that money out, but the equity is still growing. The market appreciation, you're still getting it. doesn't stop. That's exactly what it is. So you get a leverage from somebody else. Now, since you have the collateral inside, there is no closing cost. There is no credit runs. There is simply, you know, you can either take it from the insurance company or a third party lender who can give you that without any questions asked. So now you take the 50,000 as a leverage, maybe keep on paying that simplest interest, 5%, 6%, whatever that interest is. And now you put it into something which can give you say 15 to 20% annualized returns. So here your growth inside is compounding. That never stops. That is a compounding growth. You are paying a simple interest to somebody else to borrow that money. And your money is growing in that investments, that 15 to 20%, whatever investments that you are doing, right? So now you literally have the same dollar do two different tasks at the same time. And this is the reason it's actually called and asset. It's not an or asset because remember in the original scenario, when you take the money out from savings and you put it into the investments, that money is gone. You're not getting interest in the bank account because that money is gone. But here you're creating an and asset. That same dollar is working now at two different places. Awesome. Thank you for elaborating that. Any mm -hmm. restrictions around this infinite banking? So infinite banking, because it's based on an insurance policy, you know, there's uh, the health and the age kind of a criteria, but there's different strategies that we can do around. If, for example, somebody's health is not at a level, maybe we can do it on the spouse because we are about implementing this right structure on somebody. I cannot insist enough that it is not your ordinary life insurance. So you cannot just go to the life insurance agent and ask them that, hey, let's do this, right? Most of the life insurance agent actually don't even know about it because believe it or not, the commission kind of gets slashed tremendously. And there are very few professionals. I mean, I am very passionate about, first of all, educating people and helping them understand what they can create in their structure, what purpose they want to use it, right? 
So based on their health and their age criteria, we can create a proposal and we kind of keep on tweaking it so that we can implement it for them. In terms of restrictions in terms of access, I think that's the beauty of it because typically, you know, especially for your qualified plan, for example, right? If they are growing tax-free, they have a restriction on how much you can put into it. They have a restriction on how much you can take it out and when you can take it out. For example, if you put it in something into a retirement account, you cannot take that money out till you're retired, right? Otherwise, there'll be a penalty. If you put something in education account, you cannot take that money out anything but education. So if your kids get scholarship, you cannot take that money out for your vacation purpose or investment purpose, right? So the beauty of this system is that the access to this money, it is without restrictions. There is no credit checks. There is no closing costs. You can access at any time for any purpose, any age. So if you start this system and say, right now I want to invest with it, you can invest with it. Then after a few years, if you think that, oh, this is actually, I want to utilize it for my college education for my kids. You can do that. And then if that doesn't get used, by the way, this system, the money inside does not reflect on FAFSA. So this is kind of shield in a way. It provides that asset protection while you know, in most states, while it's inside the system. So somebody sues you, they don't see this money. FAFSA, they don't see this money. That's kind of added advantage to it. And if they don't get to use it for indicate scholarships and stuff, and they don't use it for education, now you can turn around and say, okay, I want to use it for retirement. I want to draw it for my retirement income. And if you decide to retire at 55 and you want to start drawing that 55, if you have enough money in there, you can start doing that. So actually, this system offers much more flexibility than typical qualified plan or anything else that you would do outside of your typical brokerage or investing account. And again, using that at two different places, that kind of creating that snowball, not just the cash value is going up, but the way we set it up, we define the way that your death benefit is also going up. So it eventually is going to help you with your estate tax planning and, you know, many different aspects of your life. So, yeah, I think one thing to remember that often people see or learn something new. Most of our listeners, it might be possible that they have never heard about it or never understood it. This is the top three reasons that I see people that they have not implemented is that they have not heard about it. They have not been educated enough about this concept. And third, they think that, oh, there's just some myth around it that, oh, it takes time. No, it doesn't take time. You know, we can show that to you. So that's really important to understand that if you learn something new, the right time to take an action is really now because tomorrow out of two things, one thing is going to change for you, either your age or your health. Tomorrow, it's one thing is one factor is going to be a little bit worse than what it is today. So if you are thinking of implementing this concept, I think this is the right time to take a plunge. And, you know, I can offer you some free strategy sessions, your listeners, and they can start looking at what they can do about this. Thank you for sharing benefits of infinite banking. Really appreciate mm -hmm. it. Thank you. Let's jump into the second part. You're diversifying investments into multifamily, industrial, ATMs. So why into these asset classes? Share me some logic behind it. Absolutely. And actually that goes well with my philosophy of think outside the stocks. So think outside the stocks, quite honestly, Rama, is not just the name of the company. It's an out-of-box philosophy for me, for life. I have been always that outside-the-box thinkers and many of us are, you are to such an out-of-the-box thinker, right? So think outside the 
stocks, when I say that, okay, think outside the stocks, it's about that diversification that the stock market does not offer. And now we can see that volatility, right? That if it is going up, you cannot take your money out because you think that, oh, there's more potential. And if it's going down, it's like you now pennies on the dollar, you cannot take that money out. So when I formed Think Outside the Stocks, my focus was getting that one area kind of completely cornered and you know, subject matter experts. So I started with multifamily investments and you kind of alluded to it that I have that portfolio of multifamily syndications. So we started doing that, but as a logically, when I say think outside the stocks and diversify, 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 I cannot just say that diversify into multifamily, right? Though you can do certain level of diversification in multifamily classes or different emerging markets, etc. And also, it's the need of the time. When there's challenges in an environment, one key thing I have understood from Tony Robbins is to pivot, is to pivot and change something integral, right? So during the times that we are today, we're sitting on a traffic of high interest recession and the inflation that's really kind of inserting this fear in investors' minds. So no matter what different type of investments we are putting in front of them, they have that fear, right? That how do I navigate in current circumstances, right? And we have seen that multifamily environment is seeing some challenges. There'll be plenty of opportunity and they're actually starting to see a lot of opportunities in market. But in that time, it's about where to look. And we go to different conferences and we hear different people like Kathy Fatke and Neil Bhava. And they talk about, you know, it's not in a cycle that you cannot make money, but you need to know where to look for. So for example, right, looking at recession-resistant asset classes, industrial, why industrial? Because this has an ability to kind of learn, not just now, but next, next decade to kind of keep on rolling up because this is the class. If you look at the occupancy, it's just merely 5% vacancy in this asset class. And there's just so much turns that's happening globally right? In terms of manufacturing coming back to US, the reshoring that's happening, the challenges in China, right, labor market that we have, the gas prices that's impacting Europe and, you know, everywhere. So it's kind of that is pushing the industrial up and a lot of experts are talking about it. That's the reason we went into the industrial. ATM asset classes, right? ATM is, again, that diversification, that pivot, Recession resistant. And then we not only look at recession resistant, but we also look for that best in class partnership. So this particular operator has been in business for like about 10, 12 years and not a single monthly payment missed, right? It's a little bit different asset class. It's not your typical that, you know, you kind of hold it, you get cash flow, a small amount of cash flow, and then a big equity at the end. This is just a high cash flow. There is no equity or there is no principal at return at the end, but it's like 24% annualized cash flows coming in. So when I actually created, when I created my fund model, and you know that I have a fund model now, which is customizable, investors can still pick and choose. Why do I offer that? Because now they can pick and choose based on where in the lifetime they are. Some people, they don't care about the cash flow. They want high equity. Some of them are wanting to go part-time. They are looking for, you know, scaling back from their W2. The cash flow need is high. So I'm looking at, for example, the industrial is a ground up. No cash flow, but high equity at the end, at that two, three years mark. Then multifamily or self-storage, which is a blend of some, you know, moderate cash flow and equity at the end, which is maybe, you know, about 15, 18% annualized returns. 
And otherwise, the high cash flow, but no equity, no principal goes for, for seven years, the 24% with ATM. So now based on your investor need, your investment need, you can create your own blended performance. You can change your allocations based on what choice that you want to have. It's not a blindfold that everything gets allocated to all the investments in the fund. And that's really essential. So that's why I have this customizable model where that diversification is happening based on the investor's choice. Awesome. Thank you. So your offerings are Finance 6B or Finance 6C? Like for both? 506C. So the 506C for the accredited investors for the fund model, because my fund is 506C. So the investments that are coming in, those are accredited only. But the infinite banking system, you don't need any kind of accreditation for that. I have started it somebody who's like for the first job right off the, off the college, right? So when they start to build that savings habit, right? This is the method that we implemented for himself. And then, you know, with a very small impact, actually, he will soon have his, you know, down payment money in there. And he can, when he purchases his house, you know, biggest thing that you know, I feel that I wish I had a mentor who could tell me about the infinite banking system when I was in 20s or 30s, right? So he can actually take that money out, use it for down payment, but not really use it and still snowball that money. So there is no restrictions on who can utilize the infinite banking system. Awesome. So any personal habits that are helping you to be successful, Madhavi? I think consistency is the key. I think being consistent about what you do every day, because I think, you know, I feel that I have this obligation to investors. So if I don't do something, I don't actively participate in some of, because being entrepreneur is difficult. Having that discipline is really important. So, you know, when I'm doing the education and education is really that that's the purpose and passion behind Think Outside the Stocks. And it comes a little bit of my background of, you know, struggles when I came to this country and 2008 had a severe impact and 2015, again, I had to give my corporate career screeching halt. Coming to this entrepreneurial world and actually serving people by providing them that what I learned is what the purpose and the passion behind it. So for that, the education material consistency in providing the step-by-step approach to them, uh, consistently doing the connections with people, consistently evaluating the deals. Those are kind of the habits from the business perspective that I have implemented that are really helpful. And when it comes to personal, just there's certainly some books has made an impact on me tremendously. Miracle Morning, certainly. And then Atomic Habits. Atomic Habits actually talks about habit stacking. So sometimes we are a little bit hard on ourselves. We are kind to the world, but we are hard on ourselves. But even if you start small and stack your habit and tie it up to a habit that you have something existing, it's easier on you to kind of build up that discipline, that routine. So that definitely has been tremendous help for me. So absolutely, you're helping like a lot of investors are newcomers. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. How can listeners can connect with you, Madhavi? So think outside the stocks.com. That's my website. If you want to download an e-guide about the commercial real estate, the passive investing, that's think outside the stocks slash passive. But if you want to just, uh, you know, connect with me, just jump on a call and see if the infinite banking strategy is the right fit for you. We can do that. Just a 15 minute quick call. You can just go to bit.ly slash call think, just lowercase call think. Otherwise you can just schedule a call with me on the website too. So I can, you know, post, there's like a link tree link uh, with Madhvi Jain. If you want to connect with that too, I'll just post in my the notes as well. I'll provide it to you. 
But yeah, definitely. I would love to know more about you. Again, it's not about just investing and just focusing on one area, but you know, I would highly encourage your listeners to grow beyond that kind of take an, instead of like a frog in the pond, take an equal side perspective of your financial structure. Think about growing, preserving, protecting, and passing your generational wealth because believe it or not, you as a, this generation have started building something which is tremendously humongous. So you need to start putting those things in place in your toolkit like wealthy. So yeah, I think if you connect with me, I would love to take that opportunity to understand your goals and how you want to implement these investment opportunities or savings opportunities and how I can help with your objectives. Thank you very much, Madhavi. Thank you for sharing infinite banking and also why you're diversifying into multifamily, industrial, and the ATMs. Thank you. Really Absolutely. You. Yeah, thank you so much for inviting me. I hope I added a little value to your listeners today. Remember, time to take action is now if you want to take an action. <laughs> yeah, awesome. That's the end of this episode of Multifamily AP 360, but we'd love to continue to help you on your journey. Head to ushacapital.com slash podcast to join our email list for more tips and strategies. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. This is Multifamily AP 360 with Ramakrishna Chunchu. We'll see you next time.